everything. Some of the old saints used to say, he's my everything because he's all I got. Because he's all you need. Amen. Isn't that good? I want to go ahead and ask for Brother Jesse Ariaga to make his way up to the stage tonight. And while he's doing that, I want to go ahead and make a few announcements. Let's not forget Sunday worship at 1030. I believe this week is... Is it Charles Martin? Okay. Now you'll be blessed. Let's help the guy out. You'll be blessed and you'll be glad. And you, I promise you, you will leave church saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Come and, and have your shouting clothes on. Have your jumping shoes on. And be ready to receive what the Lord has for you. Also a youth note, I want to... We had in the bulletin for a lock-in to be Friday and, and close on, on, on Saturday morning. That's been postponed till, till further notice. I've had some scheduling conflicts in my own personal life. So we're going to postpone that, and we're going to uh, do that probably in about another month or so. But uh, I apologize for if that's inconveniencing anyone, but we're going to have to postpone that. And then uh, without further ado, I'm just going to have Jesse come and share with us about their, their trip in Haiti. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Hey, I'm pumped, people. I'm pumped. Young people, help me out. Help me out here. I want everybody to scream at me. Tell me something good. One, two, three. There you go. Hallelujah. Y'all just trying to get me started here. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to take any time from Pastor Tim, but I want y'all to know that we flew in about been an hour now, but I can't tell. I'm still up in the clouds, man. I'm telling you, it is so awesome. Awesome. I want everybody to repeat after me right quick. Say, Jay-Z Cree. Say, Jay-Zu. Say, Merci, Jay-Zu. Say, Merci, Jay-Z Cree. Hallelujah. Y'all just said... Jesus Christ, thank you, Jesus, in Creole and French. All right? Praise God. Connie's back there pumping me the fist, all right? I want y'all to say, now this is a funny one. Say, Benny swallowed the nail. Come on, Benny swallowed the nail. It's actually Benny swallowed the nail, but they told me to say it, Benny swallowed the nail. One more time, Benny swallowed the nail. Praise be the Lord. All right, y'all just said, praise be the Lord. Y'all remember that. And le nom du Jesu, the Jesu Christ, in the name of Jesus. Leon Jida A. Amen. Connie's still shaking her head. I hadn't messed it up yet. I'll tell you what, it was an awesome experience. Awesome experience to see 40 to 50,000 Haitians pulsating like one body praising Jesus. I've got a few videos that we're going to probably show, some pictures, but there's a tremendous work being done in Haiti. Brother uh, Gary and Linda Threadgill are they're awesome people, wonderful people. 
They need your prayers. Keep them in prayer. But the Haitians are catching the fire, people. They're catching the fire of Jesus. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going I'm to give you a scripture that the Lord gave me while I was there. And it's in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 5, 6, and 7. And I had it here, and I just lost it. Praise God. Isaiah, where did you go? He left me. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You know, it's a funny feeling flying over for two hours, nothing but water. Nothing but water. I mean, that's all there was for hours, a couple of hours. And it's just, I've never done that before. I've flown over L.A. and the Pacific and the Gulf of Mexico, but I've never really flown over that much water on both sides and it just brought something to my heart while I was doing that and I was praying to the Lord and he gave me this scripture it's uh, Isaiah 61 5 6 and 7 and it says this strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers but you shall be named the priests of the Lord oh man I'm on the wrong one Oh, here it is. Sorry. That was it. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. The Lord showed me that. Haiti has made Israel special in their hearts. Every morning we got up and we went to prayer at 6 in the morning in a a Haitian church with about 200 Haitians in there. And every morning it never failed. They faced, first of all, they faced east and prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. And they were giving Israel double honor according to that scripture is what God told me. And then, of course, because of the crusade, they would face towards the the Mardi Gras area where it was going on. They call it Carnaval. And they would pray for all the souls that were going out there and being deceived. But they were lifting up Israel. You know, the the Word of God tells us in the book of Genesis that when God came over the face of the earth and and the waters were on the face of the earth, that He caused the waters to part. And the waters separated from the waters and the, the land came up. The ground came up, and the Lord showed me, because when we were flying into Haiti, there was nothing but water, and then all of a sudden, land came up on the horizon. And it was such an awesome sight to see land come up out of the water. And the Lord said, that scripture today is Haiti, because they're giving me their heart. Keep Haiti in prayer. Pastor Jeff is pumped. I'm telling you, when he gets back, he's going to share a lot with you guys. He ministered to... 40 to 50,000 Haitians out there and had 240 salvations. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? 
240 people came down to receive Jesus Christ. And the people at the compound afterwards, we were so pumped up, they were talking about Pastor Jeff's message. And it was one of his awesome messages. The simple word, repent of sin and be saved. Amen? So I'm going to give it back to Pastor Tim. Thank you, sir. He came back speaking in tongues. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love you, Brother Jesse. Known you a long time. Seen me grow up and grow out. <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. I really do. Well, we could go home and say we've had church already, couldn't we? I want to remind you tonight, if you haven't had Chick-fil-A, if you didn't get to go before church... You can go till 10 o'clock tonight, have your dinner. I know it's a little late to eat, but do it for the kids, all right? So there's your excuse. You can have waffle fries and a sandwich late and say you're doing it for the kids, okay? Be sure to tell them it's the one on Allsbury in Burleson. Be sure to tell them that this is for Class Student Ministries with Turning Point Church, and we get get 20% of your ticket to uh, fund some of the uh, events that we have scheduled Uh, on the calendar for the kids uh, in class student ministries. Amen? All right. Well, we're going to get to the Word, and I'm not going to keep you long. I told uh, someone this um, evening when I got here, if you help me preach and you shout me down when the preaching's good, I might have you home in time to watch your favorite TV program. And I'll I'll do that, okay? But uh, we're going to have church till the Holy Ghost is through. Amen? And um, so... If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel, the third chapter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read and we're going to talk, and, and I'm just going to share something that the Lord put on my heart for tonight, and it's, it's a story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We, we know about that story. How many of you guys and girls that are over uh, 30 Remember seeing the uh, flannel pictograph in uh, Sunday school? Right, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> okay, you might be able to get one of those things on eBay, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, we know the story. We know the story. So we're going to, I'm not going to try to reteach anything or re-preach anything, but I'm just going to hopefully give you another perspective of some good truth from the Word of God that, that may substantiate uh, your life and may help you in the days to come. Are you with me? Because how many know that the stories in the Bible that we read in the, in the Old and New Testament are still applicable for today? They're, they're timeless. They are, if they were good back then, then how many know the truths and the examples set forth are still relevant for today? It's not outdated. It's not, you're not pulling something from the archive, but this is... A, the living word of God. Years ago, I remember, how many of you ever heard of a, the Bourbon Street chaplain, uh, uh, Bob Harrington? There's a few. He used to carry a red Bible. And he carried his Bible everywhere that he went. And he was a character. He was a clown. He, he was very funny. I remember listening to him with my father when I was a kid. And he carried his red Bible everywhere that he went. And one day there was a, a man named Al Hurt. How many know Al Hurt? Famous 
jazz musician, played the, uh, the trumpet or the horn, I believe. And, and, and Al Hurt asked Bob Harrington, uh, he asked him a question, and Bob Harrington replied to him, said, I don't know second best. And Al Hurt said, you don't know who I am. He says, no, I know who you are. You're second best. And Al Hurt looked at him and said, you don't call Al Hurt second best. And he said, oh, I know there's one better. And he said, well, who? He said, his name's Gabriel. He said, I've never heard of Gabriel. He said, keep listening, you will. (laughs) Are you with me? And so he was asked a question, why do you carry your Bible everywhere that you go? And he said, well, it's the most powerful thing that I have in my life. He said, this word is so powerful. And he said, I can go to the grocery store and throw it in a shopping cart and watch the cart take off by itself. That's pretty powerful. Now, I've never tried that, but can I tell you something? There have been times when I've needed some some encouragement, and I've needed some things in my life revealed to me that only the Word of God could give. Are you with me? And so it is powerful. Any two-edged sword, as the the Scripture says. But we're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we know that starting in verse 4, I'm going to read from verse 4 through 7, and then stop and, and... Um, talk a little bit about it. And it says, Then a herald cried aloud. Now we also know that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar built a golden golden idol, and he sent a decree out, and he said, I want everyone to worship this golden idol that I've made. I want you to bow down and worship. And I want you to think about the word bow down and keep that into the forefront of your mind. Bow down. Picture it, what what that word is talking about. And it says that he built a golden idol, and he said that there was a, there was a command, and we're going to talk about a command and a response tonight. And the command came, and it said, To all is commanded, O peoples and nations and languages, that the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, in the symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image and the king that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So that at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the symphony, with all kinds of music, all of the people... Nations and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They built the image. When you hear the band, fall down. That's the command that went out to everyone from King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, if he said it, you better do it. Because if you did, have you noticed that the command that he's making upon everyone in that nation... He never pronounces a blessing. He only pronounces a curse or a consequence if you don't. Can I tell you that if you're having a difficulty bowing down to Jesus, you will bow down to someone. The Bible says that these are Jesus' words that man cannot serve two masters. He must love the one and hate the other. You can't have your love and have it going in different directions 
between the world and between God. You've got to choose who you're going to serve. You've got to choose who your allegiance are going to. But it's interesting to me that King Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to worship this idol, but there was nothing that benefited the people from doing this. And if there's something that's pulling at you, and there's not a blessing associated with it, you better question why. Let's read on. It said there were certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. Now there's men coming to King Nebuchadnezzar, and they're uh, snitching on somebody. They're ratting them out. Okay? He, said there's, he says, King, there are some that, who you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. You know, today, in the lives of everyone here, I don't care if you're a teenager or if you're a, a, a more mature person, there is something that is requiring and demanding you to bow down and to serve it. And I want to ask you the question, what have you bowed down to? I don't bow down to anything. I serve the Lord. Have you ever bowed down to yourself? Maybe you're bowing down to some thoughts that you've never had before. Maybe it's a lifestyle that you're bowing down to. I don't know what you're bowing down to. But each and every one of us get do bow down to something. Now, it can be a subtle bow or it can be a full-fledged bow. But we do give our time and we do give our emotions and we do give our thoughts and we do give our allegiance to something in this life. How many know that we can bow down to pride? Somebody talks to you out of the way. And the first thing you want to do is raise up. You say, Pastor Tim, I'm raising up. I thought you were talking about bowing down. If you raise up in anger and seek revenge upon that person for talking to you out of the way, how many know that you just bowed down to pride? Maybe you bow down to greed. Maybe you bow down to an immoral lifestyle that only you and God and, and the person that you're involved with or the situation that you're involved in knows, know about. We bow down to different things on a daily basis without even thinking sometimes. You know, sometimes we wonder as parents where our kids get some of the tendencies and some of the actions that, they, that we find out that they're involved in. I think one of the best commercials I've ever seen in my life was the kid that's smoking pot in his room. He's smoking pot in his room. His dad bangs on the door and says, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he opens the door and the kid's smoking pot and the dad says, hey, son, where did you learn to do that? And he said, I learned it from you, dad. We bow down on a continual basis and when we bow down, it does not only affect us, but it affects those that are around us. You bow down to yourself. You bow down to greed. You bow down. The Lord began to show me where I have bowed down to just walking away from things that I know are right and truthful and just and noble. 
We bow down to things because why? We don't want to stand out. We blend in when we do so. My son, Dylan, he'll be a junior next year at North Crowley High School. And they, my kids hate it when I use Silas or Dylan as an example. So I'll have to get them something, you know, to make up for it. But that's the price you pay. They didn't ask for their daddy to be a preacher. But oh well. But Dylan, he'll be a junior next year at North Crowley High School. And uh, he's a pretty good football player. He does all right. He gets it from his mama. But anyway, <laughs> he's a pretty adequate football player. And one of the things that the coaches have told him is, Dylan, you've got to get stronger. You've got to get stronger. You've got to get stronger. You've got to get faster, Dylan. You've got to get faster. He's like, okay, I've got to get stronger and faster, stronger and faster. Well, sometimes that's easier said than done. And so I told Dylan, I said, Dylan, he said, you know, there was one time that Dylan thought, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. He was swaying back and forth. Man, you know, I don't know. Because when you play peewee football, it's really cute, right? You can see these little guys just knock each other down. They're just like, hey, it's cute. And then when you get to middle school, it gets a little bit more serious, but it's still cute, and you're really not thinking, hey, how far this kid will go. By the time they get in the eighth grade year, you see some kids that play the eighth grade year, and you already know that kid will never play football again. <laughs> right? So Dylan... He's thinking about his freshman year. He's thinking about his freshman year about playing football. And I remember one day we were doing hitting drills. I used to coach his, his middle school and his, his, his freshman football team. And I remember seeing one time Dylan was in a hitting drill, and Dylan got a stinger. He got the uh, slobber knocked out of him, okay? Can we talk like this on a Wednesday night? <laughs> so he got the slobber knocked out of him. And I remember seeing it. I'd never seen Dylan get hurt or back down or anything. And Dylan, I saw it when he got hit. And I looked and I went, ooh. You know. And I almost cried because that's my boy. He's not just another player. And Dylan got up and he went, ugh. Oh, man. Maybe he doesn't need to play. You know, that's my baby. But they told him to get stronger and get faster and get stronger and faster. And so Dylan came to me and says, Dad, I, I don't know that I want to play anymore. She's like, okay. I said, i tell you what. You've already started the season. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't raise a quitter. I said, Dylan, just give it this year. And if you don't want to do it, never again. We'll go do some, you'll go do something else. I said, but just give it, do this. Be a good student of the game and work hard. Because I guarantee you that if you're a good student of the game and you work hard, you will succeed. Because the thing that you don't want to do is this. You don't want to just blend in, but you want to stand out. I want you to hear this word. You don't want to blend in, but you want to stand out. They're talking already. Dylan's going to be on varsity next year. Dylan's our future. Dylan's going to play. Dylan's going to get more playing time. Thank you all for clapping because you just got me off the hook. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say this is that 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have bowed down like everybody else as soon as they heard the band playing. Because if they would have bent down and bowed down like everyone else, how many know they would have blended in? Everybody else is doing it. But they heard their mama, no doubt, in the back of their mind saying, "If boy, if everybody else got on the top of a cliff and jump off, would you? If everybody else drank rat poison and they Dr. Pepper, would you? How many know that probably they heard the words of their mama who probably prayed for them or their daddy that probably prayed for them? Boy, just because everybody else is going to hell, do you want to go too? They chose not to blend in. They chose to stand out. And if blending in causes me to bow down to a foreign idol, I'd rather be told you're an outcast. If bending down to something that is not going to benefit me or bless me, I'd rather be called unpopular or a nerd or whatever they call you nowadays. If blending in is going to cause, cause you to sell out on the cross and to sell out on the sacrifice that Jesus gave, then guess what? You know what? We are to be a particular or a peculiar people that maybe not blend in everywhere we go. Let's face it. Not everybody's going to like to hear, you're thus saith the Lord. We come to church, and it's easy in church. It's easy in church. Because, you know, I'm going to, I know I'm trading my sorrows just like you. I know I got a mansion on the hilltop just like you. I know it's amazing grace just like you. But how about when the people don't know out in the world that they're cussing and fussing all the time, and then here you come in, be bobbing in, talking about the joy of the Lord is my strength. They're looking at you saying, man, I wish they would get out of here. I wish that they would just leave. Why can't they get fired? And then the, and then the plot is on. But we are called not to be blending in. We are called to be separate from the world. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we're not going to bow down to your golden idol. Young people, I know that fashion pulls at you. Girls, I know that there's a certain type of look that you've got to have that says, bow down to me. There's a certain look. You've got to look a certain way. Bow down to me. You've got to wear your shorts just a little bit shorter and your blouse just a little bit lower. You've got to bow down to it because this is what all the boys like. But let me tell you something. I'm all for being in fashion. You may not know it by looking at me. But the minute fashion causes you to bow down and to compromise what the Lord is doing in your life, that's when you've got to draw the line and say, you know what, I'll just be out of style. If the music you're listening to, here he goes on their music. If the music you're listening to is causing you to blend in, maybe you need to turn little Wayne off. If the music you're listening to is causing you to sell out and get your mind and your eyes off of Jesus and you're bowing down to a golden idol, then maybe you just need to delete every song off of your iPod or your Zune or your MP3 player, or maybe you need to change radio stations. Because 
You are not, you are not to blend in. You are to stand out. And if the Christ in you is not evident in your schoolroom, then and you're coming to church and you're acting like all holy, then let me tell you something. You are an actor. And when the final curtain call comes, you'll still be on stage, but there won't be nobody watching you. It's time to either be for real or it's time to go do something else. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have blended in like everyone else. And that would have ended there. They would have gone home. Hey, you bowed down. Yeah, I did it just like you. But what was the blessing behind it, George? What's the blessing behind some of the decisions that you're making in life? Is your line bringing blessings? Is your skimming off the top bringing blessings? That's just a little white lie. Is it bringing you a blessing? Oh, I'll, I'll use the Word of God in this area in my life, but this area, I think I'll just kind of bypass it. You know, the one that says that if I offended someone. You know, the one that says to, to love my enemies. I worked at the city of Fort Worth years ago, and there's a guy that just did not like me. And I'm not going to be all holy while I hold this microphone. I didn't like him either. You know, I didn't want the guy to die, but I wouldn't have cared getting the information. And, and be honest, there's people you know like that too. I don't hate them. I just, you know, I wish no ill feelings on them. I just had no feelings towards them. You a lie? So every day, I worked at the city of Fort Worth. I purchased parts for, for three departments, for, for equipment services, for the water department, and then for uh, the streets and traffic division. And so I'd have to deal with all kinds of people, from suits all the way to, to, to guys that are on a work crew. Looking at contracts, it was a mundane job. Looking at contracts, purchasing off that contract, and then getting the money from wherever we purchased or however we purchased that particular thing and getting the parts. They didn't care how I got one. They just wanted me to get it. And everybody know how many of you work in retail or work in this type of environment? Everybody thinks they're the only customer you have. So here they come, one by one. I'm knocking them out, trying to do my best. I get a little behind. This guy comes up. He's tapping on the counter. Come, 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 come. You can sit there, dude. You can sit there for all I care. My name's Bennett, and I ain't in it. I don't care. So here he comes. Tap, tap, tap again. So I sit at my desk. I'm done. I'm going to show him. You're going to walk over here to my desk and tell me what you want, because I'm not getting my big frame up out of my chair and come up to you. I'm going to just be honest with you because I'm, I'm not too smart to do anything else. So he comes around and says, you didn't see me there? I said, sure, I saw you there. What do you need, buddy? He says, well, I need to get this. The job's holding on. You know, we got a water main break, and I need this part, that part. I said, okay. I said, uh, I'll get to it. 
He says, no, I need you to call now and get, so I can go pick it up and hot shot it. I said, well, what I need you to do is to stand in line because the people that were in front of you are not going to appreciate that I put you at the top of the list. He said, well, this is a water main break. And I said, in about 10 minutes, it's my break. <laughs> I got with him. So he said, fine. And immediately, now this was on a Monday. I had church yesterday. I came, hallelujah, praise <laughs> Jesus. And now, and now, here I am having to act like the devil to someone else all in the name of the Lord. Because I'm the righteousness of the Lord. I can, act any, I can act a fool if I want to. How many knows I blended in? I didn't stand out. So he leaves. I hear him start up his truck. And the Lord said to me, I say it was the Lord. Some people say, well, no, that was just you crow thinking. No, because I was not thinking like this. So it had to be God. He said, go buy that guy a Coke and take it out to him. He's like, Lord, a Coke. So I sit there a little bit longer. He's diesels, you know how they sound when you start them up. So it's going a little, I still hear it clacking. And that clacking was like, crow, Coke, Coke. So I jump up, I go buy him a Coke, and he's pulling off. I'm running down, chasing after this truck. I look like rerun on what's happening. Are you with me? <laughs> and see, they're laughing because you're laughing. They have no idea what what's happening is. <laughs> TV land. Watch TV land. So here I am chasing this truck with this Coke in my hand, and even then I was thinking like the devil because I was thinking, yes, it's shaking, and when he opens it, it's going to go everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. So he stops. I jump up on the truck, and I say, hey, Reyes, I got a Coke for you. You look hot and thirsty. And he looked at me. He looked at the Coke to make sure that it was not opened. And he looked at me and he said, thanks. I said, man, you have a great day. And I jumped off of it. I started walking back. And the Lord said to me, now, you'll see a difference in your interaction with him. My wife is Hispanic. And because she's Hispanic, I think I am. <laughs> and I... I feel like I have the right to say que pasa or call you mijo or mija. I think I have that right because I'm adopted into. So we had crews coming in that I would always go up to them and say, hey, que pasa, mijo? And they would look at me like, who is this? You know? And so that day I said, hey, que pasa, amigo? Hey, que pasa? And they look at me like, we don't like him. Well, Reyes walked in. And he said, mijo, mijo. And I looked, and he was talking to me. And he looked at the other guy and said, he's okay, he's okay. So ever since then, I could say, hey, mijo, que paso? And they were like, hey, hey, hey. And then they found out my wife was Hispanic. They were like, hey, he's one of us, he's one of us. <laughs> so you do something like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To some, you will not stand out. To some, they'd rather you blend in. 
But let me tell you something. I tell you this story because it's relevant to the message. And it is this, is that you bow down to a golden idol, you will blend in. But by removing yourself from that situation, you stand out. Guess what? God will multiply people around you that stand out with you. And you will be able to say, he's all right, she's all right. Are you with me? Taylor's all right. He didn't bow down to that idol. Abby's all right. She didn't bow down like everyone else. Chelsea, I see you smiling. You're all right. You didn't bow down. Silas says, you're all right. He didn't bow down. Silas doesn't go to the parties. Aaron doesn't go to the parties. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do this. You know what? He may seem like just a regular old kid, but there will be something in his life that says, you know what? He stood out when others blended in. We live in an information society. Recently, I got a Facebook. How many of you have them? You say, he's too old to have I know you do, Michelle. Michelle and I went to the same high school. And it's amazing. Facebook, I was able to find all my friends, and they found me. And time and time again, I would look at those people that were so popular and people that I thought were really cool, and I look at their lives 20 years down the road, and I go one by one by one. Hey, I see some are teachers, some are doctors. One guy is a captain of a military ship. One guy, and I see this, and I think, they're making a difference. They're standing out. They're not blending in. And then I see the ones that were so high and mighty that they've blended in and have come to nothing. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? What do they see when they see Tim Crow's profile? So I want to ask you this, Clash and TPC. When people see your profile, do they see somebody that's bowing down to things that don't matter? Are they seeing your profile and saying, you know what, he's just blending in? Or are they seeing your profile and saying, you know what, there's something about Matt that he stands out? There's something about Jeremy, he stands out. Because whatever you bow down to has a result or a consequence. You bow down to the false idols and the false things are out there. I'm going to tell you, 100% of the time, you will have an unsatisfied life. I did not say 80% of the time. I didn't say 50% of the time. I said 100% of the time, if you bow down to something that is false or give it into something that is not what it should be, 100% of the time, you will be dissatisfied with your life. But if you bow down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then your life, will you will live a satisfied, fulfilled life. Well, how was was, was the, the, the Hebrew children able to not bow when everybody else was? It's real simple. Two things, and I'm done. Told you it'd be painless their knowledge of God their knowledge of God what you know about God and what you believe about God will affect the second thing that the the Hebrew children had and that that was their commitment to God because if you know God for all that he is and you have a relationship with him because relationships are built they are not made 
They just don't happen or produce, but a relationship is built in time spent in God's word, time spent in prayer, time spent in worship, time spent with other believers. And let me tell you something. If you, if you bow down to him, you will have a fulfilled life. And what you know about God will, will ultimately affect your commitment to him. I've lived in this, on this earth for 40 years, and I've never seen it fail. Times in my life when I've walked away from him, and I have. I've walked with God where if he would have come, then I would have split hell wide open. And that was with being brought up in church. I would have split hell wide open because I had to blend in. I got to be cool. I got to get invited. I got to have, she's got to like me. They've got to like me. I want to hang out with them. And I had to blend in. I didn't stand out. And there were times in my life when I got out of fellowship with the Lord, stopped praying, stopped reading my Bible, and guess what? I fellowship and I bowed down to something that offered no blessing, only curse if I didn't do it. And I got farther away from God. But there have been times in my life where I've sought God with everything in my heart. Read my word every day. Did what the Lord told me to do. And my wife, she can say, I can tell when you've been praying. And I can tell when you don't. Whoever you're bound or whatever you're bound down to has a reflection on your life right now. In closing, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were put into the fiery furnace. And the king looked over and he said, hey, didn't we put three in there? But I see four. And we know the story. They pulled them out. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have a hair singed on them. Their clothes were not burnt. You know what? The only thing that was burnt was the cords and the ropes that held them together. And there was a new decree made in the land that day. And that was this. King Nebuchadnezzar said, let everyone worship their God because he's the true God. He is the true living God. And the decree was made that we don't worship anyone but their God. I want you to stand with me. appreciate you being supportive tonight of, of the word of God and attentive and for giving me this opportunity to come and share with you. But it's important on who we bow to. And I feel like that it's only appropriate tonight in closing is that we take a moment to bow down before him. But I just don't want us to bow down and it be a frivolous thing because everybody else is doing it. Pastor Tim said do it. But first of all, if you've bowed down to some things that are not holy and righteous and of, of God, then first of all, we just need to do something, and that's repent. 
We need to say we're sorry. We need to repent. And then we need to bow down before Him, the true living God. And so as Joe plays, I just want us to take a minute that if there's anything that you need to repent of, if you need prayer tonight, I just want you to come down to the front. I don't have to know what it is. Find a place in the, on the steps in the altar and just bow down before Him and repent for some of the things that maybe are going on in your life. And I just want you to bow before Him and I want you to receive His blessing. I want you to go ahead, shut your eyes right where you're at. We don't have a form or a format. It's wherever. Thank you, Jesus.